Hey guys, Zach Williams here with the Sumner County Football Coaches Show podcast. And as we are getting ready to start the show, I want you to know a couple things. One, our proud sponsor, Demas's in Hendersonville, 161 Indian Lake Boulevard. They are not only where we do the show live on Facebook that you can see if you go to our WHIN radio Facebook, but also they are the proud sponsor of the Sumner County Football Coaches Show podcast. So where we'll be doing it every week there at 161 Indian Lake Boulevard. And they have a couple new things coming out. One is a brand new menu guys they have brand new food they i mean already their food was great but they are now adding on to that and they are making it better so go check out their brand new menu also they have catering available guys catering a lot of people don't realize that they do great catering and they haven't even used them before but they are awesome place for catering and then also a new happy hour a new happy hour that they're gonna put on so keep your eyes peeled for the new happy hour and last but not least they are changing their logo a little bit you'll be able to see a different logo if you go on to the sumner county football show podcast you actually see that green logo for demas and that is their new logo and you know why they're doing that green to represent freshness because of the new fresh menu that they are going to have and they want you to enjoy it so make sure you're going to demas's at 161 indian lake boulevard proud sponsor of the sumner county football coaches show let's go ahead and get into the show guys hi everybody and welcome in to our second ever facebook live and podcast of the sumner county coaches show we are live here at demos's Demuses. 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 I knew I was going to screw that up. It's Demos House, but it says it's, pl- it's plural. It makes it Demuses. Demuses. Yeah. Aaliyah, the, the general manager, was the one that let me know that. Exactly. So we are live here. I'm Greg Arias, Zach Williams, along with me tonight. And we get set to talk to some Sumner County coaches. There are two in the house, and hopefully uh, there will be a couple more show up here tonight as well to join us. But, Zach, before we get started tonight, a few things about our fine sponsor yeah. and host here tonight that we must go through before we get into the football portion of things here that's, tonight. That's the great thing about Demas is not only do we do it here live, but we also have them as our main and only sponsor for the Sumner County Football Coaches Show podcast. And it, it's great to be here for one, too, because the food is amazing. It smells great when you walk in here. The food. I wouldn't know. I didn't get to eat tonight. You we got, got to a eat late, we got, to, we got a late start <laughs> tonight, so I'm, I'm flying solo here and hunger pains and, you know, who knows how this is going to go. It, it could go off the rails. But it that's could the, go off the rails. That's the beauty of a podcast right there's no change but there's a lot of different things that's going on here at demas's in hendersonville one is they have updated their menu it's a brand new menu it's completely different look i actually have a for the video side of things on the podcast you can actually see it's a whole new menu it used to be like a book i believe and now it's all it's one one sheet yeah one sheet everything new and also if you look they gave us two they give us two yeah so if you look also keen eye greg a keen eye will be able to notice that they are no longer using that same color scheme for their logo it's no longer the maroon it's green now you know why it's green a whole fresh menu. They're talking about fresh, refresh. All of it is brand new, and they are doing it here at Demas's. They also, another big thing for anybody else is they have a happy hour that is 24-7 pretty much here. So as long as Are they open 24-7 now? No, they're not, oh. but, you know. I, <laughs> I guess say. if you break in, you can, you know, you can have your own happy well, hour. Because- but <laughs> we don't, we don't want to do that, though. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's. it's all as long as they're open, they have a happy hour. That's why I was informed. So if you heard anything different, it could be. I believe that would be false, but still, it's going to be. Well, because if they're open twenty four seven Friday night on our way back to Gallatin from Nashville, we oh, may yeah. just have to stop by here and celebrate. Right, right, yeah. They, so this is a great place, and also they have great catering. A lot of people don't oh, know about their catering. Catering. So they have some awesome catering and a lot of different choices here. So, but we're going to talk a little bit more about them on 
on into the show, but everything should be, uh, if you're coming down to Demas's, there's some seats right now, you can start to fill up slightly, but come on down into Demas's in Hendersonville and you can, one, be a part of the show, so anyone that's actually hearing my voice inside of Demas's, you can ask a question, we have a mic for you ready to go, you Absolutely. can ask your question about high school football or life in general, how about that? And well, then, now let's don't, let's don't go too far, that's going to get <laughs> us off the, the life in general thing we're, we're not experts at. But Greg, you're, you're, you're a sage wise old man and you the have a lot of is old right i know i'm with you i know where that's going go ahead but yeah so definitely come on out to demons is here while we're live but also remember this is not only live on facebook but we're also on a podcast so you're able to find it on apple Podcasts. if you go to soundcloud on whin radio you'll be able to find all the podcasts there for all the whin podcasts and then also soon you'll be able to find it on apple Podcasts. we're in the we're in the uh the early stages where it makes you it may, the, apple has to read everything first to make sure it's cool and then they'll approve it but they're gonna approve it so and then also you can message us on facebook yep on the facebook live uh, zach and i both have our computers out here tonight and monitoring monitoring that, the situation as they say that is that is what they uh that's what they call it if i can get mine to open up in the right spot oh, i've got about 15 windows open over here so don't worry I've got, I've got mine opened up so i'm here and everything's set and good to go but you know what else is good to go week three it's it's like this is the thing about football, especially high school football, because there's so because high school is much more regional. I mean, you feel it where you are, right? That's and especially that you know Sumner County Station. We feel it in Sumner County, and you more specifically in Gallatin. I mean, everybody in Gallatin bleeds green and yellow pretty much. But it's 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 like it is a downhill sprint. I mean, we'll be we'll be looking back at this and think, oh, it's 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 week eight already. You know, we're getting set for playoffs. It, it's, it can feel that quick. I mean, we're already three weeks into the season. That's yeah, insane it, to me. It to doesn't think. seem like it was two weeks ago that we were preparing for game one. Exactly. But we're on the cusp and, and verge of Friday night going going for number three. It, it seems like every year it gets faster. Faster. And the older I get, the faster it goes. Exactly. And so, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's exciting because it's great that it's here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody loves football time, especially in, in the south as it is. But it's, it, is, it is 100% moving at lightning speed, which is, I mean, a good thing. And it's a bad thing, but I imagine too. Let's go back now to week two because now we'll try to try to slow things down time wise and go back and pass a little bit here. But uh, in week two, I mean, for around the WHIN radio network, majority of schools, it was a pretty good night. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have obviously we could start off with Gallatin um, in the Mayor's Cup in one of. I don't. I don't want to say that's the biggest win Gallatin's ever had, but the well, s- certainly not the biggest ever. Uh, considering you've got three state championships exactly. in the trophy case, three well, regular up, season, but regular season well, wise, there, there've been some other regular season games, but the magnitude of what happened, and for anybody that wasn't part of the five thousand people or so, whatever was there, and we'll talk to Coach Watson here in a little bit, and maybe get a kind of a head count if he knows on what there were, but it was it was packed. It it hasn't been that full in several years, mm-hmm. and. Just the way that Gallatin as a team played and the way that the game unfolded and the atmosphere and the things that went on, Gallatin did something that Gallatin's never done, and I was told that Coach Watson was responsible for it between the third and fourth quarters. Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, Mm. they play jump around. Mm -hmm. Uh, People that are familiar with college football know that well. They did that at the stadium, and not only were the students involved, there was a coach that got up into the stands with the crowd jumping around. There were coaches on the field. It was just a wild and great environment and a lot of fun for everybody that was wearing green and gold. Certainly the station camp folks didn't have a lot of fun that night, but 
for a Galton home game. It, it was something to be a part of, and it's uh, one of the best atmospheres ever, I that would say. That was what word I was thinking in my head is atmosphere. Yeah. For Gallatin, it seems like, I mean, it, you actually mentioned this to me before the season started. We were talking just kind of, you know, how we do before the season all that. We just kind of talked about it. Right. And, session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you, you said there's, there's an air about Gallatin right now. There's, it's, it feels different. Not only, obviously, a new head coach, but also just the sense of what's going on with Gallatin. And, and if there's one thing that is, has remained evident is that Gallatin is not, the, the football team, the program, is not letting down that air. <laughs> I mean, they are holding true to what people were feeling before, the excitement before the season. Well, you go and look at any successful program, and we don't have to go far down the road, Trousdale County. It's mm-hmm. a small rural area, but their program is just so strong. I'm getting a head shake over here in, in disagreement, and we won't mention any <laughs> names, but uh, it's the tradition and what they do. They win state championships. That community revolves around that football team, and that's the way Gallatin was when I first came to Gallatin, and this program was winning. The community revolved around it. We've got community excitement like there hasn't been in a very, very, very long time, and no disrespect intended to anybody. Right. It's just, for whatever reason, the community has come out and supporting this team through the first two weeks, the home games. Now, I'll be interested to see Friday night what happens and how many of these people will make the trip down to Nashville. By the way, 6 o'clock kickoff time so if you're planning on going to tsu's hale stadium friday night make sure you make that adjustment on your schedule six o'clock so y'all are at the hole is right and that's what they call TSU. is that changed we are at home oh friday night seven o'clock well it's a good thing coach watson's here because i would have screwed <laughs> right? that totally up so make that forget the tsu stuff we're going home we're going to be at the wave yard I got a feeling there might be another four or 5,000 people there Friday night. They don't have to drive. I like that. I was planning on leaving about 2.30 or 3 o'clock to battle the Nashville traffic to get there in time and get things set up and make sure everything would work for us Friday night because I've never done a game from TSU. I don't have to worry about it. I like this. You're, you're awesome. You, you get my vote. I'll, I'll salute <laughs> you later. So, Friday night, 7 o'clock, the Wave Yard versus Hillsboro. Okay. Well, there you go. So not at the hole anymore. But Hillsboro, another team that is high in the rankings right now. So we're seeing – you know, that was something, too, I want to touch on before. I mean, we can get into the, to the rest of the, uh, the last week's games and everything. But the ranking systems that we're seeing, there's a couple different ones that we hear about. And I saw specifically for Gallatin, there was some in, – in a couple of them, there was some – unfavorable positioning they think you know the fans and things like that i i mean how much do you, you know, bid into the rankings? i system? put nothing into the rankings and and i'll just take the associated press because it's the oldest ranking right uh, around they do a good job with college but the people that follow follow college football follow college football for a living right the people that vote you and i could be a voter in the ap poll for the state of tennessee right. it's media people but they don't necessarily follow the entire state They'll be in a geographic region, right, like Middle Tennessee or like Chattanooga area or Mm -hmm. Knoxville or Memphis. You know a lot about the teams in your particular area, but you don't necessarily know a lot about teams in other places. And a lot of times your vote's done on reputation. Right. What have you done lately? If you've been good the last four or five years, you may be terrible this year. Right. But you're still going to be thought of because of your reputation and not that henry county is bad by any stretch of the imagination but they started the year ranked they're owing two they did lose to beach who's highly ranked last week in a very good ball game i'm told but 
you go back and look at 0-2, they're still ranked. Yeah. Why are they still ranked? They're ranked because of reputation. Yeah. They're not ranked because of, of that 0-2 playing. mark, right, yeah. that would say if you're 0-2 in college football, you're not in the top 25 anymore. You're, you're bounced out of there unless you're, you know, lose to number one. And then lose to number two. <laughs> yeah, and then lose to number two in close games. You can stick around. But that, that doesn't happen in high school because a lot of the people that vote are voting strictly on reputation. Right. And that's, you know, I wanted to just put that out there because some people really, they look at those rankings if you're not constantly paying attention. And like you said, the people that are voting, they're so, they're so taken away, at least in college, right? When you see college, there is a lot of connectivity to be able to see what's happening in games, highlights, stats, all that. In high well, school your, football, your it's, voters it's, in college are ESPN people. Exactly. They do it for their living. Sports Illustrated or people that work for Fox or people that work for national newspapers mm-hmm. that cover this. And that and granted, it's a little bit easier to find a lot of information on college football teams than it is to find information on all the high school football teams. For instance, if you say Meigs County, which is up in East Tennessee, they're a power program in single A or double A, don't quote me, double A. I guarantee you, you can't go out and find a lot of information even on the Internet about them. Yeah. So people just don't know these things. Again, right. it's, they, they go on reputation. Now, you can, you've got some people like Murphy Fair that does his guru book. And by the way, Murphy called me today asking some questions. I spoke with him this morning. He's doing much better. For those of you that know about his health situation, Murphy's going to be fine. Good. But uh, he studies all over the state. He right. gets information from all over the state, and he puts it together in a useful book for people, but it's not everything about every team, and obviously it's not stats. Like, for instance, if you're in East Tennessee and you want to know how many yards Spencer Briggs has, you may not be able to find that. Right. And vice versa, right. somebody here looking for something up in the East or even down in Memphis, uh, unless it's in one of those schools that's really covered by a Memphis newspaper or a Nashville newspaper or something in Chattanooga or Knoxville, you get off into some of the, the more rural areas of the state and it gets much harder to find information. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I mean, there's there's teams that just you, you would never heard of, had before heard of, and even people that do these votings and rankings. You know, I just want people to, to understand that it's not so much that your team is not ranked. It's more or less that your team just isn't recognized as, as they should be because of the people that are voting are so removed. You know when you want to be ranked? in the state of Tennessee in the last three weeks in the playoffs. If you're in the last three weeks in the playoff, guess what? In your classification, you're pretty good. Yeah. So that, to me, is when the rankings mean something. Now, you can look at Oakland. You can look at some teams. Maryville, those guys are always going to be good. You can go down through the list of all six classifications and the private school classifications, see Brentwood Academy and say, yeah, they're going to be pretty good. Right, right. But until those last three weeks in the playoffs, when you're in the the quarters or the semifinals or the finals, that's when you that's when the rankings mean something. If you've been ranked all season and you're there at the end, then it means something. If you're ranked number one and you lose in the first round of the playoffs, what did that mean? Absolutely nothing. It, it, I just don't put a lot of a lot of emphasis on what those rankings say. It's great for the fans to be able to say, hey, we're ranked number so and so, or for the coaches to be able to tell the kids, hey, you're ranked in the state, but at the end of the season. It really doesn't matter unless you're going home with the gold or the silver trophy. 
or at least if you played into that third or fourth round. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's go ahead and get into week two now that we've got the ranking system down. I just wanted there was a lot of hot heads I saw on social media about it for a lot of different schools, not just people Galton. get fired up. They really do, and it, and it's it's sometimes just as it is with anybody on social media getting upset. It's a lack of information. Can we say that? We can all agree on that, I think. But uh, let's start it off. So uh, who who do you want to start? Well, let's start. We were talking about Gallatin. We were talking about Gallatin and the, and the win, obviously putting Great a, a hang in a fifty yeah. burger on Station Camp in the Mayor's Cup. Great win, and by the way, the good defense. Defensive coordinator. When things go well, <laughs> Chad Broderick is the defensive coordinator. When they don't go so well, it's Stephen Clements. Is it a so, is a fifty to zero game? Uh, when I, you well, win, when you a get good, a shutout, I would say even if it was three to nothing, if you shut the other team out, he'll take that because there's a shutout bonus. Correct. I think there's a shut up pay, pay bonus. Right. It, it's, yeah, that's something. in his contract. Yeah, he gets extra for that. But no, it, it was a great win. Broke a uh, record broken too. Correct. Record broken. Spencer Briggs, three hundred thirteen yards rushing on fourteen carries. That's twenty. 2.5 yards per carry, four touchdowns. He also had over 100 yards in punt returns in the ball game. Uh, just a great performance. He was and all over the field. By the way, <laughs> the previous record holder was a guy that people around here might remember, Jordan Mason, who's now at Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. Yeah, He scored a touchdown against Clemson Thursday night in Clemson, South Carolina. He was at the game on Friday night to see his record fall. Golly. There was a picture of he and Spencer together. And I had the privilege of calling both those record-setting games for Jordan when he did it a couple of years ago, and now Spencer this past Friday night. So I mean, if Jesus, good played, if Jesus played for Gallatin, though, you probably would have called that game, too. No, I'm not you're, that old. You're pretty old. No. I'm not that old. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you later for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, I mean, to one, to the just, just that what you just said, um, Georgia Tech player who scored on Thursday showed up for the game on Friday. You know, to see his alma mater. That's, that's and his little brother. His younger his brother. brother is a star linebacker for Gallatin, so uh, had a family connection there. And obviously, they fly back to South Car- from South Carolina, I should say, to Atlanta sometime that night. It's just a four-hour drive to get home. He had plenty of time during the day to sleep in a little bit, get up, be here in time for the game, and be there on the sideline. And it was good to see him. But there who Friday wasn't night. there? You know what I mean? Who wasn't there? That's that's what it sounds insane to me. Is how many people there came out to this? There I were mean, a lot. And Station Camp brought a great crowd too. Let's not let's not forget that that a lot of the crowd there were Station Camp folks. They did not fail to support their team. Friday night. It was a, just a great crowd and a great atmosphere all the way around. Well, let's move forward then because we're going to talk more about Gallatin with the head coach, the coaches there here in a second. And also, I just got a text from uh, Coach Justin Geisinger from JP2. He will be here shortly. All right. So we'll be able to talk some JP2 tonight as well with Coach Geis. Um, so let's look over to, well, I believe Coach Beasley will be showing up here at for, from Hendersonville, but obviously me being the, the play-by-play role for Hendersonville, I'll talk a little bit about that. Cause Giles County. Giles County, two hours south. <laughs> and it was in, in Nashville traffic. you Feel every two hours south of that I ride. I understand. <laughs> Immaculate press box. Immaculate press box. I, I just wanted to put that out there. I was very surprised with Giles County. A strong team beat Lincoln County the week before. Another team that was in their region, that, a region up, actually, region five, where they played up into the, or 5A there. Played 5A, yeah. Yeah, they played up into that 5A, uh, and they beat them. Hendersonville goes down, plays a strong defensive matchup, which was something that was great. Uh, from Coach Beasley, James Beasley's side of things, I imagine he'd love to see that, his his defense holding a strong offense. Uh, and you talk about a mobile quarterback that is able to play. He was their starting free safety and also starting quarterback. I mean, they were they, they kept this guy in check. They didn't run the ball. And, and the week before, this shows you how much they – so they won the game against Lincoln County, Giles County this is. Giles County beat Lincoln County of a score of, I believe it was 35-24. to 24. They threw two times in that game. 
So it was obviously a game where it was on the ground. They were going to run speed sweeps. They were going to run that quarterback. Henderson will completely lock them up. And actually, I think I see Coach James yep, Beasley walking, walking through walking right in now. as we speak. And, and I mean, it was, it was from head to tail. This, this game was completely set for the commandos. They played all the way through, as we're going to hear from Coach Beasley himself. They played strong the entire way. There was some penalties that were inside of there that, you know, it was, it was a weird kind of thing that it almost like this team, these, this was the first time these two teams had played each other. And also to, it seemed like they, they knew each other for years and they were ready to go to war with each other. But still, at the end of the day, I mean, the commandos came in and they showed up and they played fabulous the way offense and defensively. Uh, and then, I mean, I believe it was four touchdowns on the ground that they had, and then one uh, special teams touchdown where it was a punt, errant punt that Isaiah uh, Isaiah Chandler went and got and scored for a touchdown. But I mean, it was just it was a strong game for the Commandos, especially a big win on the road, especially a deep road trip like that as well from a bounce back from Oakland. Before Coach Beasley gets his food order in tonight, let's go ahead and get him up here, bring him on in. Let's talk a little Commando football, and then we'll let you eat here in just a minute, Coach. Good to see you, sir. Got you a headset here. Thank you for being with us tonight. For those of you that don't know, this is James Beasley, head coach, Hendersville High School, in his second season now. Yep. And, Coach, congratulations on the win this past Friday night. Well, thank you. It was uh, much needed after our week one game. So uh, it was a long week for us, and we went down there and uh, played a lot better. Yeah, I mean, playing better is, a, is, is an understatement because how strong you really were playing in Giles County. Giles County wasn't a pushover team. No, they uh, they they beat uh, Lincoln County pretty good in week one, and we scrimmaged uh, our jamboree against Lincoln County and thought that they had a they had a pretty strong team, mm-hmm. and the way they handled them, we were obviously concerned, and with the way things went for us in week one, we we needed to respond, and I felt like our kids did. We played a lot harder, a lot better yeah. there. And and I was talking as you were walking up, Walker Dunn, the starting quarterback for Giles County, a player that really that entire offense is uh, centered around, I mean, that commando defense shut him down pretty much the entire game. Yeah, we we played hard and and got after him. Yeah, I mean, and they ran they they are a running team, and I mean, just the 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 sheer constant of pressure that was put on that backfield that was definitely a game plan going in. I seen I assume. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not in the meetings. <laughs> I don't. I don't get in the. I'm not in the head of one coach Beasley here, so I, I don't know. But I'm assuming that was definitely the game plan is to disrupt that backfield. Oh yeah, we wanted to get back there and and hit him and um and I felt like we did a lot of times and and kind of made it hard for him to do some of the things that they wanted to do. Okay, and so with that being said, 34 to seven, of course, the win, but. Every game, who was it? I think I can't remember who it was. Except there is no perfect game, right? So, what were some things that you saw against Giles County? Even a good, good scoring matchup. Your offense basically was able to move the ball whenever they want. Defense was able to put pressure on whenever they wanted. What were some things that you saw maybe that moving into Station Camp this week that you kind of want to adjust from that game? Well, the main thing we saw was uh, execution problems offensively that we feel like we need to shore up and do better. Getting to our assignments and staying on our assignments for longer. We had, you know, uh, some of our players made some really good runs and um we maybe didn't execute them exactly the right way but our kids were able to to make moves on some of their guys and and find the end zone so we want to execute better we've been working on that hard this week in practice of going out and executing making sure we get to our right assignments hmm. um i felt like we played a lot better on the back end and defense um you know our, our up front we played pretty consistent from week one to week two but the back end linebackers and the defensive backs, uh, we felt like they made much improvements uh, in the second week of, second week game. So we're hoping to continue with that and improve overall defensively. And then special teams, we had 
all kinds of mistakes in mm-hmm. in week one and um, didn't have as many in week two, so we're hoping to lessen right. that again in week three. <laughs> well, you're talking about in Oakland that, that blocked field goal that turned into a touchdown, which really, I mean, you talk about any bigger momentum shift is from against Oakland. You give them an inch, they're going to take it a mile. That's just the talent that they have on their team. But, you know, and that's something, too, you talk about. Some of the things like that got overshadowed when Oakland came in is athleticism. Hendersonville's athleticism is insane. You talk about making moves. I mean, Isaiah Chandler's literally dropping people in their cleats when any chance he's getting to the edge. And you have that with Ellis Ellis. You have that also with Brent Rowe. Somehow he's able to take that giant frame of his and move it all over. That 41-yard run he had was insane. Of course, he ended up being our MVP for that night, for that week. But, uh, uh, you know, talk about the athleticism of that, that, that core runners that you have. And even at the quarterback spot, a 6'3", what is he, 6'3", 220-pound kid yep. at the quarter. We got Andrew Luck basically sitting at the quarterback spot. And he plays uh, <laughs> defensive end for us as well. But, yep. uh, yeah, the, I mean, our, we got kids and they've got some experience back there in the, in the skill positions. Um, so we feel like anytime we get any of them, the hands the, they get their hands on the ball. They they got a chance to make some moves and and pick up some positive yards for us. I believe it was four. Uh, was it four hands? So it was four runs for touchdowns from four separate players. Yes. Yeah, and they were in a couple of them were thirty plus yards each. I mean, the, the athleticism that you have on the, that team is 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 which Henderson has always been kind of known for their athleticism because they run that wing tee. A lot of runners and strong people have to be in that background. But I mean, it was that was the most impressive part of me watching that game. And Joe Townsend, of course, my color man that was out there, former Commando Commodore. Uh, but uh, he, you know, he was even saying that just the, the pure athleticism from you, Ellis Ellis, the speed he has, just goal line to goal line, is insane. Uh, that was the biggest thing that I took away from the game was just how, how athletic, not only over Giles County, but just in general the commandos were. It's it's really impressive. Right, and it goes to show you how, how much speed uh, Oakland has on their team. <laughs> that, and that's what I'm saying. It just the, From going from one week one to week two to, just to see that, that overshadowing of that was insane. And Now going into station camp, station camp, of course, Gallatin saw station camp last week, hung a 50-burger. Are you trying to do a 60-burger on them, or <laughs> is there <laughs> a rivalry week? You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's an in-county rival. It's our first region game, so it's really important for us. And, uh, you know, we're just wanting to go out there and compete and play hard and, and match their intensity. It's going to be their first home game, so I know they're going to be excited and they're dedicating their field house um, Friday mm-hmm. night. Um, so I know that they're going to have their kids ready to play uh, yeah. again in this game. And, you know, in our region, there's going to be three teams 1-0 and and three teams 0-3 after Friday, and we're, we're hoping and trying to be one of the teams that's 1-0. Right. Uh, is there anything that, like, specifically with station camp that you've seen offensive, defensively, where the strengths lie that the commandos are going to have to focus on? Well, they, you know, they got some good defensive linemen that play really hard and really well uh, at times, and their quarterback um, is an experienced kid with a strong arm that can really throw the ball. And if we don't contain him either, he can he'll he'll, t- he'll tuck it and run it. So those things obviously we're we're concerned about, and we've been trying to prepare our kids for this week. And uh, their running back is a, a really hard runner, and he's he's a tough kid. So. Well, you saw you saw it obviously firsthand of what Station Camp can do, and what did you take away from the Gallatin game that maybe you can give the insights here to Coach Beasley? For well, I think that obviously a little bit of that was the snowball effect when they fell behind, and it did start to mushroom or snowball and, and get bigger. They played hard to the end. They did go to the bench and bring in some other players. I think the problem, and we said this on air last week, is overall team speed. 
they're lacking in overall team speed to match Gallatin, to probably match you guys. I haven't seen you guys this year, but usually you have speed. I know Beach does. I think in those type of matchups, and even against Lebanon and Mount Julian in the region for station camp, they're going to struggle because of that lack of speed. And what are y'all doing? I mean, obviously your athleticism already, I know for a fact, <laughs> you have the speed to match, I would think, almost anybody. But, I mean, is there any particular or particular practices today that you've gone over specifically for station camp, or has it been business as usual? I mean, we're, we're obviously preparing for station camp and, and trying to get ready for them, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what we've been going Don't over. give up the game plan yet. <laughs> no, no. You've got to give up the game plan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's that sneaky media talk right there, trying to edge one out. And this is your play-by-play guy uh-huh. that's doing it. You know? <laughs> it's not me. So, just Hendersonville <laughs> folks, it was it was <laughs> Well, it, you know, talk about Hohenbrink. Hohenbrink won just, I mean, being the senior, it's his second year, I believe, right, as the as the quarterback, starter quarterback for the Commandos. I mean, what, what is his, his ability, what he's brought? Because, I mean, there's not many other quarterbacks, I would argue, in the state with the size and power that it, uh, that he brings. I mean, can you talk about how he just physically and, and dominantly on the field he is? Yeah, he's a, he's a big, strong, uh, physical kid. He's, he's got a strong arm. And, he, and the main thing that he is is he's tough, and he's a tough runner for us. Whenever he uh, scrambles or we call run, design runs for him, uh, he does a good job of getting the ball down the field and and um, not making mistakes with it running the football. So got to <clears throat> want to be a little bit more efficient passing the ball. He can uh, he can throw it, and he can throw it uh, hard and far and all that good stuff, but we just got to be a little bit more efficient with our passing game. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to hear. Uh, Joe has now coined a phrase already in his first week. Right. So he has his dudes. And so one of his dudes on the field is one young tight end that you have, Jack Busey. <laughs> he is obsessed with Jack Busey. I mean, he is utterly obsessed with Jack Busey. And in that Oakland game, one of the few one of the few bright spots yep. was Jack Busey in that open field that he I think it was a twenty two yard gain that yep. drive right before the field goal mm-hmm. that happened. Um, talk a little bit about Jack Busey. Jack's a sophomore for us. He's a big kid. He plays tight end, defensive end. You know, he's a, he's one of those kids that just comes to work every day and works hard and works out hard and. He loves football. He loves being a part of the football program. Um, so he's he's obviously one of those guys you want on your team. Um, and he's got a whole lot of potential. So we've been seeing improvements from him every every day just about since we started camp. So um, it's nice to have him out there. He did he did make the big catch um, against Oakland. that uh, got us first down and got us moving down into field goal range. Um, and he played well last week. So – we're looking for him to improve and continue to prove throughout this season. Well, I point out the tight ends because obviously I feel like that might be a little bit of a home spot for you, right? Former That's mock, right. former tight end there, and everything. So, and and Joe was just infatuated with this guy. So I, I almost, I was talking to Joe before this. He was like, "You got to talk about Busey, <laughs> Coach." I want to take you back to last year. You're hired as the head football coach at your alma mater. You come in. Zach was talking about Drew Hohenbrink, the quarterback. Was there ever a thought in your head of changing from the wing tee to a different type of offense because of what you had with a big, strong, mobile quarterback that can throw the football? Well, obviously you look at what your players can do and what, what you have and, and kind of work to, to what, what you got. But, you know, we've been wing tee since before I was born. So it's kind of like Hendersonville is the yeah. wing tee. You know, that's right. what we're going to run, and that's going to be our base offense. And so there wasn't a whole lot of thought given into that, and we had uh, you know a bunch of other coaches uh, with us on staff now that uh, either both played and coached in our system. So we felt like the wing tee was going to be our our 
basic offense uh, or where we start with. In your second year, back home again, alma mater, is it everything you thought it was going to be? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's always exciting. You know, you, you, all, you, you take a little extra pride in it whenever you play somewhere and, you, and you're back there and you want to see a uh, – you want to see us be successful, but the main thing is we we want to we want to have kids that work hard and play with character and class, and um, you know do the best we can do with what we got with with what we get in in our zone. Right. I mean, and yeah, and I know personally just being an alma mater as well, just doing the play by play, how exciting it is. So I can't imagine just also being the head coach of the team and just I mean seeing it everywhere on the sideline. But it's been just so far, even just through this two weeks, I, I've enjoyed every second of it. So it's been already a great season, even with the two two very different games we've seen. It's still very exciting. So thanks so much for coming on with us here today, and uh, hopefully we can get you on a couple more times and and you can go ahead and get your meal here from Demas's and get get you a steak or whatever you're trying to eat. I imagine you're one. Steak. I can. You look like a steak guy. <laughs> it's pretty good. I haven't had one tonight, but it's pretty good. But yes, coach. As Zach said, thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Best of luck coming up this week, and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you again next Wednesday. Yes, sir. Thank you. Awesome. And that was coach head coach James Beasley for the Hendersonville Commandos. Good to see you, sir. Thank you so much. And uh, I mean, Station Camp a rivalry, a rivalry game. That is, uh, I mean, it's you know. It's it's just that a rivalry game, right? It's it's something that's going to be well, you know, the the rivalries. Obviously, White House and Westmoreland amongst the smaller schools are uh, not. Excuse me, White House in Portland. I said Westmoreland, White House in Portland, uh, a very big rivalry there. There were a lot of years where those guys. Oh, we got a we got a pause yep, there. We lost connection with the camera. Let me go ahead and get that thing cranked back up. Uh, this is the good thing about a podcast where we could just keep it going here all the same. Exactly. But Hendersonville, I mean, once again, just from whatever I've been able to see, it was, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a, so much potential with the team and also with the season. Well, what I was going to say is the, the big four that you say, and when I say big four, because of enrollment, Station mm-hmm. Camp, Gallatin, Beach, Hendersonville, those are all rivalries. Any time you put two of those four together on a field, it's going to be a rivalry because the kids have grown up in communities close together playing sports against each other through middle school, through peewees, through little league, and so on and so forth. So there's some good rivalries in all of that. It's it's just a fun area to be a part of Sumner County football. Right, right. Well, what do you want to get up next? Let's get Coach Geisinger to come on in here. Hey. First time we get him in here tonight, and I don't know, we might have to make some room. He's a he's a former <laughs> SEC offensive lineman here. How you doing, sir? Looks like he can still play a little bit. <laughs> We have, I, I never realized how much surrounded I am by Vandy linemen. <laughs> that not only well, Coach Geis, but also Joe Townsend. So hey, my <laughs> former color commentator, Daryl Holt. I don't know if you know Daryl. Sure, sure. Daryl uh, played at Vanderbilt. By a few, he's a little older than you and I. Right. Uh, right. But uh, oh wait, yeah. and then you're you're covering Vandy now for Sports Illustrated. So I mean, this is this is a uh, Vandy everywhere around here. <laughs> I love it. But the, the <laughs> connection with Sumner County and Vanderbilt. Uh, runs deep as far as football because back in the 80s there was a pipeline of guys out of Gallatin that went to Vanderbilt. Daryl and you, Jeff, I don't know if you know his brother yeah, Jeff. Sure, sure uh, John Short, Carl Woods, Arnez Perry all came out of Gallatin, went to Vanderbilt, were parts of not the most winning teams ever at Vanderbilt. They struggled a little bit back in those days, but some great athletes and some talented guys. So uh, it's a tradition. And then, of course, Joe now, I guess, was the last Sumner County uh, player to mm. come out of here and go to Vanderbilt. 
so uh, yeah, there's, there's a connection there's there. There's definitely a connection. Well, hey, it, thanks for coming on for the first time. This is the first, well, second week, but first time we got we were able to get you on. And Absolutely. of course, we made we literally made these cha- these uh, these changes just so we could fit more of our coaches on in the area because of the the Thursday night games for the course of the freshmen. So you know, yeah. on us a little bit there, but still um, two and zero. Oh. How does it feel? Good start. Uh, good start for sure. Um, you know, it's uh, last week was, a, was I think, a, a good test for us, uh, you know, being down 14 nothing and a half and, and, you know, facing some adversity there early in the season. And, you know, certainly in our league, that's something that we're going to have to deal with. And, um, you know, I think that was a, <laughs> a, great, a great test for us. Obviously, Coach Dilver is doing a great job with, with, you know, bringing a lot of energy to that to an environment as a as first-year coach there. And, um, it was a great game day environment, and they certainly took us took you know, took it to us there in the first half, and we were able to um, challenge our kids a little bit and, and come back in the second half and and um, do enough to win the ball game. But um, <clears throat> proud of them from that standpoint. Uh, but now we enter region play this week. So how was it beating a uh, NFL quarterback? That, that was. <laughs> and did, you have to, did you have to kind of talk to the kids about that, considering that hey, this is a guy that you know NFL, Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff, and and kind of. Uh, bring down the expectations a little bit before going into it, or I shouldn't say ex- expectations, excitement of the kids to kind of be in that setting with no, the, with a guy with his credentials. No, I mean we didn't really talk about that a whole lot. I mean we knew it would be a, a big environment. Um, you know, being being a that uh, was their second home game, but everything that he's brought over there to bring the energy and you know they got the concert series and everything going over there. So we knew you know <laughs> that would be something that would um, certainly be different from maybe a, a, a typical Friday night atmosphere, but. Um, you know, our kids do a good job. We've got a, a good senior group that has played a lot of football for us, and I think they they handled it well, kept, kept us grounded. Um, you know, we knew they'd come out, um, you know, with a lot of energy, and like I said, they did. And, uh, we, you know, our defense did a great job keeping us in the ball game, um, you know, keeping it at 14-0, uh, and, and we were able to do enough there in the second half to overcome. But, um, like I said, I wouldn't say this at halftime, um, but, you know, I'm glad it kind of worked out that way because <clears throat> in our region we're going to have to face – um, situations like that throughout the season where now, we're going to deal with that. So, people have heard the name Antoine Roberts. He's sure. your stud star. I don't. I don't know what workhorse. I work mean, or, what, what term you would use for him? But take us through some of the names that people might not have heard that are key contributors through the first two weeks and and on through the rest of the season for this squad this year. Well, um, you know, we get a lot of guys. Um, obviously, Antoine. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of our senior class has played a lot of football. Some guys, three and even four year starters for us. Uh, Rory White, uh, he's an Air Force commit, uh, wide receiver for us, and uh, you know, is a team captain for us. Does a great job. Brooks Haggerty is a is a University of Richmond commit at tight end. Plays both ways inside linebacker, um, and and our and our Y in our offense. Um, Jay Wright is a guy um, inside linebacker. You know, was a, a, a leading tackler the last few years. And Jay Wright, more specific, more specifically, Jay Wright was the the longest bobbled interception return for a touchdown I've ever seen <laughs> last season. When I, I called JP 2s games last year, uh, Jay Wright bobbled it for a solid thirty yards sure. <laughs> the whole yeah. way untouched. When he turned for a I touchdown, still give him a hard time. Six points in the end. Exactly. Right? It yeah. was it was my favorite call I've ever personally had because I. Yield bobbled it for about 20 seconds, and then he came down with it and took it all the way into the house. Right. But, I mean, th- that JP2 team is just – it really does have so much depth on it. And one part that you lost a little bit of, but really, in the sense you didn't, of course, the triggerman spot, the quarterback spot, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Nixon 
out, and uh, I believe he's playing. He's playing JUCO ball somewhere. If I he's playing at the University of Cumberland. Oh, okay, so, sorry. Yeah, yeah so yeah, he's, he's doing a good job there. I just talked to him the other day, and he's he's competing, and so proud of him for sure. Uh, and then now you have Sawyer Watts, who was your backup, but also mm-hmm. I mean he's he's no stranger to throwing the ball already. He was a quarter. He's the quarter backup quarterback last season, and right. played a couple spots, and did a, y'all do your your wide receiver passes and stuff. Sure. He's usually the guy you go for that, but also yeah. pitcher. Uh, for the Knights as well. So, I mean, he, what, what do you say about Sawyer Watson, what he's done this season so far? Well, he, I mean, he's a talented kid. You know, he's a talented athlete. And like I said, th- th- this isn't his first, um, which probably helps him in a situation that does not first time under the lights on Friday night because he did play a lot of receiver for us last year uh, as our backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Competed for that job last year and, um, you know, he handled himself really well um, and then, you know, had his opportunity this year to step into that role and uh, has really done a nice job for us. And I think anytime you have a new quarterback, I don't care if they're a freshman or a senior, um, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, there's going to be some growing pains there. There's going to be um, some mistakes that are going to be made. But, um, you know, last week, for example, you know, example, Lipsum game, you know, he, there were some mistakes there in the first half, but he was able to hold himself together and make some big plays. Uh, you know, hit a post over the top for a, for a score in the second half. That was a big point in the game. And, um, you know, was able to do a lot of things for us, um, you know, from a leadership standpoint and from a standpoint of, of, of managing our offense and doing a good job there. So, um, you know, very proud of, of how he's handling himself. And I think his best football is still ahead of him. You know, I think, still think he has a lot of growing to do from that standpoint. Um, but he is certainly making some good progress. Yeah, the, I mean, really though, even it was it was hard to see him. I mean, Ben Nixon was great last year as well. But when, whenever we saw the uh, uh, the wide receiver passes and how accurate he was, just yeah. coming <laughs> off on one throw, you're almost like, all right, let's sure. <laughs> this kid. Yeah, no, this kid's really able to do it. Sure. He's really able to do it. So looking forward now, Briarcrest, you have coming up this week. What you know? What is the game plan going into that week? Well, I mean, you know, when you enter our region, and we kind of flip the regions this year going to the west, so we go out of the Memphis uh, region, um, some really good football. Um, you know, I think arguably in the years past, people may have said that east middle was a little stronger than the west. I think over the past several years, I think it's making its case where, you know, there's some very, very, very good football teams in Division II, AAA on that side that, that have a lot of talented kids, Briarcrest, you know, being our first test just so happens to be probably one of the more talented teams in the state as far as the players. Right. So you look at them on paper, you know, personnel-wise, uh, there's not a lot of weaknesses. They have a, a large line of scrimmage. They're very talented, Division One talent up there. You've got um, one of the best running backs in the state, Jabari Small, um, mm-hmm. who's an Ole Miss commit and, you know, um, is, is one of those kids that scares you because he can make something happen on, on any play. Uh, they've got some speed on the perimeter and – with some Division One talent out there as well, so there's there's really not a lot of a lot of weaknesses on their team, um, you know. But that's kind of what our leagues like, uh, you know. Right. Uh, there's not, you know, it's kind of running the gauntlet each week when you get in our league. It's there's not a whole lot of up and down. Um, all these teams are very well coached and they're um, they have some very good talent, and um, so it'll be a very good test for our kids. And I think <laughs> I think our kids understand that and they understand, you know, the bar is going to be raised even a little bit more this week. So. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity for him to come back home. First region game uh, right. should be a good environment. So um, I'm just hoping for our guys to go out there and compete and understand that there's going to be some adversity, but how are we going to how are we going to deal with it? So. Right. Well, you know, you talked about how you're in the West now. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you are like it'd be your first test? But yeah. looking before the test happens, what do, what are some of the key differences? Obviously, I mean, each side of the state's different now. Sure. But you know, what are some things that you're not? I don't want to say worried about, but things that you're planning for, being differently in the West now. 
I, I wouldn't expect it to be any different, to be honest with you. I think, you know, obviously the team. A little bit prepared. further road trip. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that Memphis trip is, yeah, certainly, a little, you know, you don't have the time change. So it's going to Chattanooga when we used to go to you know, Macaulay Baylor. But right. um, I'd say talent wise and, and the way these teams are coached and the way they, you know, the way they play, I'd say it's going to be very comparable to, you know, the Brentwood Academies, the Endsworths, you know, the Father Ryans and everybody, everybody else that's kind of um, been in the East Middle. So it'll be that type of schedule um, for sure. Um, so I, I don't expect, you know, any drop-off, anything like – if anything, I think the West has very, very talented football teams. It just so happens to be this year too. Um, <clears throat> Briarcrest is a very senior-loaded team, so there's a lot of experience there as well. Um, so – um, yeah, we got to work that out for us. There's no question. And, and, and um, you know, but that's exciting. You know, we, we, it's exciting to have a challenge like that. And being in a younger, you know, one of the youngest schools, um, you know, of, of Division Two, um, and, and having the opportunity to, to, to build a program and to, 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 to show improvement like we've shown in the last few years um, is is exciting thing. And, and our, you know, our entire school community, our administration, our faculty um, is, is all behind it, which is which makes it even better. Um, so it's an exciting time to be at JP2 for sure. Um, and I'm just glad to be part of it. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, you know, one thing, too, obviously Briarcrest this this week, how do you stifle the – I'm trying to find the right word, but the energy and load that not – I mean, obviously the players have to focus on this week, but, I mean, it's the Bishop Cup next week, the week after yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you, is, there, is there any kind of worry of having to stifle just maybe not missing this week so much to say? Well, or? I'm hoping, you know, I think the reason we attribute, you know, our staff and I've got a, I've got a great one. I've got some great guys on our staff that have really helped with this. But, um, you know, I attribute our, I guess, if you call it success for us, more recent success and the, the ability for us to start competing in the region, some things we've been able to do culturally um, to our culture change and to some of the things we'll be doing from that standpoint. Our mission is to live and compete like Christ. So we talk about what that means to our kids, and that's to be the best versions of the, themselves each and every you know, a day and everything that they do. So that's on the field, that's off the field. And obviously that's a really hard thing to strive to do, but that's our expectation. So we talked about, we talked about this last game, you know, going to the Lipscomb game with a big environment like that. Um, you know, just as in life, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, there's going to be peaks and valleys. Um, you know, these kids are going to deal with adversity on the field, off the field. Um, and it's how we respond from that. So we want to, when we make big plays, we want to expect to make big plays because we've been there before. We've made big plays before. We've had good wins before. Um, when we come in situations where we're down 14 nothing, or, we're, you know, we, we throw an interception or we let up a big play, um, it's how we respond to that. So we want to stay kind of right there, even keel in the middle. Uh, right. We don't want to get too high, too low. Um, so to kind of answer your question, that's that's kind of how we approach it. Um, you know, I understand. I mean, everybody knows we have the Father Ryan game next week. It's not yeah. even a region game anymore, which doesn't seem right, but it's right. not. Um, but I haven't heard once our kids talking about it this week. I think they're, you know, they understand that this is a region opponent, and it doesn't matter if it's a preseason game. It doesn't matter if it's a first season, first game of the season. It doesn't matter if it's a Father Ryan game or a playoff game. We want to prepare and um, – work our process and, 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 and handle ourselves the same way and be the, our highest aim and the best we can be every day. And so we're just going to worry about that next rep, that next practice, that next school test, whatever it may be. And that's kind of been our approach, and I think our kids are starting to buy into that, which has been pretty cool. Well, you know, the program there already, I mean, you, you've been there. This is your ninth year, if I'm correct. Or is this yeah, 10? so it'll be going on 10 in January. Has yeah. it been that long? At, not as the head coach. I came in as okay. the, I started the strength program there and then um, – was the offensive line coach and then became the offensive coordinator, I think, six years ago. And then 
Uh, this will be my fifth year as the head coach this year. So fifth year going into sixth year here soon. Mm-hmm. What you know? What have you learned through the five years? Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, what are you expecting to learn <laughs> as the years go on? Oh, I think I'm always learning something. Really? Um, you know, and I think you know we tell our players that we're no different as coaches. I think the, the minute you stop learning or trying to pick something up. Um, you know, or, or, you know, the minute you think you'd have the answers and, and, and stop growing and, and think you've got it figured out is probably the time you need to step down and stop doing it. So, um, like I said, I've got a, a staff of 13 guys um, with me that, you know, I, I don't have all the answers. You know, those guys have a lot of answers. We've got, we've got guys with a variety of experience all over the board, um, two alumnus coaches on staff, um, alumni that, have been there, like you know, and, and, and played there, and, and have been what it's been, the program hasn't has been down a little bit, and right. Um, so that's an exciting thing for those guys, and they they bring a lot culturally to what we're doing, and it's 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 great to have that. And um, so, like I said, I you know, I, I think um, you know, I'm always trying to learn something and um, trying to get better. Um, you know, not from a, just an X's and O standpoint, and, right? And, you know, obviously that's that's part of it, but more so. Um, having an impact on these on these kids and, and uh, understanding that most of them are going to play their last football in the next one, two, three, four years. Right. So what are they taking from this game? How do we get, you know, our families and our community want kids to be involved in our game? Well, you see how they are when they leave here. How are they five years, ten years from now? What type of friends and husbands have they become? And, and we got a lot of kids now that whether they're playing college sports or not, um, you know, when they graduate from our school from an academic standpoint, um, whether they're an AP kid taking three or four AP classes or whether they're a standard kid that struggled to get by with B's and C's, they're thriving in college and they're overprepared. Um, and it's it's fun to be in a community like that and to see um, our kids come back and how well they're doing, like I said, whether they're college athletes or not. So right. um, that's I think that's that's the, 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 the coolest part about being part of the JPT community for sure. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, this is this is great. Hopefully we can get you back in and, you know, good luck with the rest of the season, obviously, if we don't see you again. But hopefully no, we'll, be able, hopefully we'll be able to get it. you back on here because, I mean, really, I, I love doing Hendersonville as my alma mater. Sure, but, I mean, sure. I, have a, I have a fond place for the nightclub as it is <laughs> uh, just because, I mean, two years there that I got to spend calling the games. Well, and I called a game a couple years ago. You will remember this, the Brentwood Academy game in the monsoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I fell down the stairs Uh-oh. from the roof. We were up on the roof sure. under a tent. Yep. Oh, coming metal. down, I fell, <laughs> slipped off the top step, and landed when my backside hit the ground at the bottom of the place. So I have fond memories of your press okay. box. Okay. <laughs> They're called scars. That's, there what you go. That's, that's the memories he has. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us, well, Coach. Thank absolutely. you, guys. Appreciate absolutely. you having me on. Feel free to go ahead and absolutely. Get, go get, get you some food. Like, like we get told Coach steak. Beasley, you know, go ahead and get you a steak and get set it up over here, brother. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Thanks Thank so much. Thank you so much. Right. Let's go ahead and uh, jump to whichever one of you guys is, is through Thanks eating over here. We may need to restart the, no, we're good. the Facebook Live. We're having no, some audio issues a little bit here. Okay. Well, so, i tell you what. I'm going to disconnect this a half a second and then connect it and back. And we're going to reconnect. We're going to reconnect. But, you know, that's, once again, this is, the, this, is the, uh, this is the good part about of a podcast. This is the good part about a podcast. It, you can it just keep it going. It's dead for a moment. Just for a moment because we want to make sure everybody's able to hear everything we have to say. All right. Let's, here we go again. How's the meal been so oh, far? Oh, it was good. <laughs> this is one of my wife's like – this is one of our go-to spots. I'd say 
anywhere we've ever been on dates has definitely been here the most, the one in Lebanon. So. Right, right. Yeah. So you're a good husband tonight, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> she's over here eating as we speak. Yeah. I think if we figured out one thing tonight, my youngest one, Bo, is going to be an offensive lineman watching him eat that spaghetti. So. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Well, hey, like, you know, following in father's footsteps, right? Right. Obviously, we talked to you last Friday night after the conclusion of the game excited there was a lot of things going on now that you've had some time to sit down and the emotion is is gone out of that take us back through last friday night um i thought our kids like our focus and everything leading up to the the game week was good and they just came out and competed and did everything that we asked them to do as far as assignment technique and responsibilities and uh, we told them not to get too wrapped up in the emotions of the game and just um, make sure we're communicating on both sides of the ball, defensive, secondary, offensive line. And I thought our kids responded really, really well and played. I mean, honestly, we played pretty well and we got after it. And uh, energy level was great. And we tell our guys every week, I mean, you work really, really hard and you only get 10 guaranteed times. So go enjoy it and have fun with it. The record books at Gallatin High School have a lot of outstanding players. I mentioned a bunch of the guys that have gone to Vanderbilt. Uh, there have been guys to go to UT, Alabama. Uh, Ole Miss, all over the SEC. Spencer Briggs, though, put on a show for the ages. Now the single-game rushing record for Gallatin High School, surpassing Jordan Mason. Did you have an opportunity to meet Jordan first off last Friday Yeah, I did. He was really polite and really nice to me, and um, I was bragging on him about his brother and how well his brother's done for us and playing for us. But that was a special night for Spencer. I mean, 14 carries, 313 yards. But if you go back and watch the tape, um, that first time we're trying to punch it in in the red zone, he had three carries that didn't amount to about six or seven yards in our goal line set. So, really, he had about 300 yards on 11 carries with the other 11 carries. So, yeah, Spencer had a good night, and it goes back to the offensive lineman. I think grading out-wise, I've been coaching O-line for a while, and that's one of the highest grades across the board. I think the lowest grade we had on the offensive front was an 84. So, it was a, it was a good night. Now, we were torn in giving the MVP because at one point, and Bobby said on the sideline, James Mason had a huge night. He was a one-man wrecking crew. Now, there, there were other great defensive performances, but he really stood out for just the way that he was after the quarterback and just some big hits and things like that. Obviously, Spencer uh, gets the nod just because of that. But a performance like that on the other side of the ball in the same in the same game. Yeah, he did. I mean, he, he gets after people. Um from day one when we had James, we knew how physical he was, and you can tell from his old tape, and he gets after people. But one thing he's really grown is understanding the opponent, buying into Coach Broderick and Coach Clemens' uh, defensive game plan and learning the little details and having tendencies so he can play a step faster, and he, he gets after it. The line, defensive line, mm-hmm. uh, I thought played a really solid football game. Now, obviously, I didn't go through and grade tape, but I thought those guys, and not just the starting three, but the rotation, did a really good job against station camp front, handling them, keeping those linebackers free. You never saw the big play with Bradley, who obviously has speed and is capable of yeah. scoring from anywhere on the field. You guys contained that. Yeah, I thought we did a pretty good job of it. I mean, we got a good group of kids up front, A.J. Branham, uh, Trustin Kemp. Those kids work extremely hard day in and day out. Trustin's been a captain for us already this year. Um, and you got the big bodies in the middle. Michael Brinkley and Zion Robb have done some good things, and they're hard to move. And Rob may have some of the best feet for a big guy I've ever seen. And you got people like William Goodnight coming in, getting reps, Chris Murphy. Um, we're deep on the defensive line, and those kids playing hard. And Coach Clemens and Coach Wynn do a good job with them. Secondary. Well, actually, linebacker. Solomon Yarborough, he may be 
one of the best tacklers I think I've seen in quite some time at the high school football level. He doesn't miss. He gets his hands on you. He's getting you to the ground. Now, it might not always be pretty, but he's going to hang on. He's going to bulldog and, and just get you where he wants you, and that's down on the ground. Hopefully he keeps doing that. I mean, Solomon plays that nickel position for us, and he's very flexible kind of all over the field. And uh, not the biggest guy, but he is physical, and he's gritty and gets after it. And uh, really, really good high school football player. Let's jump ahead. Coming up this Friday night, you told me just moments ago when, when I started to make the announcement about Friday night and, and at TSU, that is no longer the case. This has been moved to Gallatin, will be played at Green Wave Stadium Friday night, 7 o'clock. Yeah, 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, we just got the the news before I walked in here that we're going to move the game to Calvin Shortfield at the Wave Yard. And, um, we're still working out some kinks and things about how we're going to handle season season ticket holders and all that stuff and their officials, but we're going to get it worked out. And uh, just ask everybody that supports the Green Wave to come out and support our kids and see if we can make a bigger crowd than we had last week. So, Well, because it was it's funny now that you come in and tell me this, shortly before you got here, I got a phone call from Hillsborough's athletic director uh-huh. because I had left him a message about what we needed to do as far as arrangements with TSU or with Hillsboro. I, I try to call the, the school for road games that week, and he had called while I was standing here and said nothing about any of this change potentially happening. He told me that he was having a meeting with TSU tomorrow about what was going on, and so you come in and tell me now that, that it's being moved, which is fine with me. I'd rather be at home myself. Yeah, anyway. I'm excited <laughs> that we get a sixth home game. That's yeah, nice. Um, Philip Sanders gave me the call, and they – uh, kind of negotiated a deal, and I was like, done, we'll do it. And so Absolutely. just anything we can do to get that thing at our place, and I'm excited about it. Well, now, let me ask you this, because, and not to stay too far on what's obviously changed now, but you guys were working on charters, I was told, because of the school bus situation, because of the game kicking off at 6 o'clock was going to be an issue to get you there on time, so it was going to have to be a charter trip, yeah. even though you're just going to Nashville. Right, with the game starting at 6, the earliest we could be guaranteed a bus was 4.30, and you, you look any type of Nashville traffic, I mean, an hour is being generous. Right. Like, I don't want to put our kids in a position where we're showing up at 530 and expecting our kids to play the best game at 6 o'clock. I don't think it's fair to them. So, uh, luckily, our quarterback club got involved and hooked us up with some charter buses, and thankful they did that. But it looks like we're not going to end up having to use them, so I don't know if we can push that back to a further date or how that will work, but we'll figure that out. There's still a lot of questions involving Friday night and everything else. Hillsboro, let's get to the Burrows. On film, you look at their offensive line, they, they look like they're an, they're an SEC line when you talk about 6'2", 6'3", 6'5". Uh, I think the smallest guy is their center, and he's like 5'11", and listed at 205. He looks bigger than that to yeah. me. But the other guys are 270, 280, 320. Yeah, they're definitely going to look good getting off the bus. Um, really, really large guys up front. Um, Anytime you play Hillsboro, you're going to know about the athletic ability, and they're going to look good in pads. And uh, they got a really, really explosive running back in the Covington kid, and we're going to have to do a good job of keeping him bottled up all night. Uh, it's going to be a good test for our guys. I mean, it's a really, really good football team we're getting ready to play. Looks like a lot of speed on defense. Not necessarily the biggest defensive front. You can you can match up and, and probably get some movement on those guys, but just the speed of their linebackers and their secondary make up for what they give up, at least on the film that I watched, uh, because of their speed. Yeah, I mean, they're they're extremely fast. They pursue the football really, really well. They play hard. Uh, Coach Fitzgerald's going to get those guys giving it everything they got every snap, and we're going to have to be consistent and not get ourselves in negative plays and get behind the sticks because 
hitting gashing them for long, long gains is going to be a little bit more difficult because they have so much speed to track down their backs. If there's one individual player for Gallatin, not named Spencer Briggs, mm-hmm. that needs to, needs to have a good game this week, who would it be? Uh, I think there's a, a number of guys that I can name, but I, I feel like um, we need to continue to have good leadership out of Isaiah Briscoe. Um, obviously, with the night that Spencer had, I feel like they're going to be kind of without getting into too much, they're going to be definitely keying on Spencer. And uh, Isaiah is an athletic kid that has ability to make plays, and along with him and Solomon and just overall, we just need to play well up front and do our job. Injury-wise, was there anything out of last week? I know James Mason had a wrist issue at one time, but came back in the game and looked to be okay. Yeah, we're, we're, we came out of the game healthy. And um, our athletic trainer, Chelsea, does a really good job of rehabbing our guys and getting them back. And, um, yeah, I think we're full strength going into Friday night. Obviously, the the keys to the game – don't make the dumb mistakes, the penalties, things like that. We saw a couple instances of some things in the station camp game the other night, and one of the players, and I won't mention any names, but he came to the sideline, and you were right up in his face, <laughs> hand on the face mask, and I'm, I'm pretty sure from his body language he got the message. Yeah. That's something that, that you are just quick to deal with. That I've noticed through two games of somebody that uh, has an issue on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, an emotional game. The kids really care about it. It's a rivalry game. And uh, the main thing is you can't let your emotions get in the way of the team. And that kid, man, he works his butt off, and he does everything we ask him to do. And he was more fired up about that game than anybody last week. But I was just like, you're about to hurt the team, and you got to put yourself in uh, second and team first. And he came up and apologized to me during stretching lines at halftime. So he gets it, and he just got in the heat of the moment. And uh I, th- I think we only had four penalties called on this Friday night, so I want that trend to continue that we we appear to be a well-coached team, a disciplined team that's not going to hurt itself. One thing about Hillsboro, when you look at them traditionally, and I didn't spend a lot of time looking at it, plus the Innsworth game, they didn't do a lot of it, but is is their kicking game. Mm-hmm. They they Metro teams as a whole in the public sector – a lot of times struggle in the kicking game. Um, that's something that did, that did hurt them against uh, Ensworth. Ensworth blocked two punts, uh, ended up scoring on those two punts. Um, it just reassures to what we're doing with Josh Atkins and him leading our special teams and the time that we're spending and what we're investing in it is worth it. Um, I know he's got those guys excited, ready to go. Hopefully we can make some plays in the special teams Friday night. What a – you know, coming from we obviously the 50-0, to 0, I mean, how, how do you – how do you teach the kids? I mean, they, that, how do you teach somebody after a game like that? That's what I was wondering, just kind of from a coaching aspect, when you win by that big, it's kind of what I asked Coach Beasley about too as well, is a dominant win, you know, what do you do for that next win, that next game coming up? What were some of the points that maybe you wanted to pick out that it could have been 60-0 to zero or, or something like that where you could have had a, a different moment or something like that where you can show the kids like, oh, yeah, it was a great game. Yeah. You still need to fix this. Uh, anytime you get, like, after the game Friday night, you're excited about the margin of victory or whatever, but when you start getting into the film and breaking things down, like Coach uh, said, you start finding things that you need to coach and correct and get it improve on and – uh, like you asked me last week, we got a routine that Monday we'll go through. We'll watch our film, uh, offense, defense, special teams, whatever the coordinators want to correct. Uh, if we win the game, we'll give them the reward stickers. And once we get to that point, um, that game's over and done with. Like I, I told them this week, if I hear station camp, I'm going to up down your butt. And uh, <laughs> we got to move on from the past. And like we got a really, really big game with Hillsboro. I mean, as far as the overall 
season and the impact, this game is much more impactful than the game we played last Friday night because it's dealing with a region and hopefully playoff seating and all that stuff. So I think our kids know it's a big game, and um, I reiterate to them all the time, uh, people only remember your last performance. So if you play well against Station Camp and we go out and lay a, an egg against Hillsboro, then that's what we're going to be known for. So, yeah. Jump around. Yeah. Was that you? Yeah, it was me. Um, I remember seeing that uh, the year after I graduated at Austin P. We played at North Dakota State my senior year. Then a lot of the guys that came in with me that redshirted and I didn't, uh, Justin Cunningham, he's the offense coordinator at Rockville, uh, was in my wedding, really good buddies. But anyways, they talked about the environment of Wisconsin in between the third and fourth quarter while they were up there playing. Uh, they did the jump around, and all, that's all I've heard about for so long, about how good of an atmosphere um, and momentum it seemed to give Wisconsin going in the fourth quarter. So I tell our kids all the time we're going to work hard, but we also, we're also we going to try to have a, a way to have fun with the student body and make it more um, impactful for the high school as a whole. Do you think that's – I mean, something like that too, It's being your first year, is this kind of like you trying to set in your own traditions as it is? I don't know that I would say that much. It's just – more or less me trying to find a little more energy for the student section and the, the crowd and uh, you did it. the kids. So I, it's, it's just for the kids. It's nothing more than that. Hmm. And yeah. you're good at keeping a secret, too, because I had no idea. Because when it started, I mean, I heard the song, and they play music during the break, so the music wasn't necessarily the issue. But I'm getting nudged over here as I'm doing some papers and things, and, and I'm told to look out the window. And I see just everybody. And the one that got my attention the most was Sean Corbett. He's on the field. I didn't actually see the, the coach who shall remain nameless that yeah. went up into the, the student section during yeah. this. But Sean's out there. Now, Sean is my age. We're advanced. We're over the, the 50 mark. Advanced. And, and he's out there jumping around like, you know, one of the kids and the players. And I'm like, just you know, you're having fun with this. It was, it was really neat to see. Yeah, it was cool. Coach Corbett's got some energy. He runs around the practice field and stuff, so. Don't let the gray hair fool you. He'll, he'll get around and move around. So, yeah, it was a pretty cool moment. Um, just hopefully that's something that we can continue to do and make sure we're playing well enough that we can enjoy that moment. Okay. Now, before we let you get out of here and, and get Coach Broderick in to talk to him, one more time, you're still working on the details about season tickets and things like that. Yeah. So. For the season ticket holders, I would assume they're going to have to purchase another ticket just like I'm not sure. At the well, gate? I don't want to say I'm sure something like that will have to happen just because of the – I don't know if we'll get some type of deal worked out. Um, I don't know, but I'm just excited we're playing at home Friday. So basically what people need to do is I guess we will get the information from you and put it on the radio station – so that people will know, we can inform them, we'll do through social media. Obviously, you're very big on Twitter and, and Facebook and social media, do a lot of that. We'll put it out as best we can to get the information to people so they will know what to expect when they get there on Friday. Sounds good. All right, Coach. Thanks, Greg. Congratulations on the win. Appreciate Thanks for being it. here. Yep. Let's get Coach Broderick on over here. He looks like he's finished eating now. We'll get the good defensive coordinator in here because of the shutout last week. And when I say that, let me explain. Coach Broderick says that, when they play well, he's the defensive coordinator. When they don't play so well, it's Coach Clemens. Am I correct in this? That's correct. That's correct. Now, <laughs> and the only reason that I say Coach Clemens in the first game against Lebanon, they gave up seven points. By the way, I meant to ask Chad, would we see Saints again this week? I, I forgot to ask that question. I'm not, I'm not going to – he gave me a response. I'm not going to – not going to – 
mention that on the air, but uh, that's the joke between you guys that when they play well, and obviously a shutout last week, it was your game and Coach Clements in Lebanon when you gave up the seven points. Yeah, but in all seriousness, he does a great job. Um, so excited to have him and the rest of the defensive staff on there. It's fun. We get along and uh, got great kids too. That helps. Now, for the general public who doesn't really know you, may not know all of your story, short version here, obviously you're a White House alum, played for Coach Porter, coached with Coach Porter. Last year you were the head coach at East Robertson. Kind of take us through how you wound up here at Gallatin with Coach Watson. Uh, just knew him from Austin P. Uh, we were good friends and saw he got the job and we started talking about it. And It was a tough decision because you build a relationship with kids, um, but I was excited to come. Uh, like I said, hard telling those kids that, uh, but glad to be here. Now, you and Coach Wilson, Nathan Wilson, the offensive coordinator, have an interesting dynamic because you've both been head coaches. That has to be, and Coach Watson has said, a great help to him. But how, coming in as an assistant, when you were the head man last year, do you kind of have to figure out uh, what's going on and obviously uh, roll back your role a little bit? How, how does that kind of work, going oh, from well, a head coach, huh. coming back to being, to an, being assistant an assistant? is way more fun. Uh, so... I promise that. So sometimes I know there's a lot of rewarding things about being a head coach, but it's a lot more fun being a coordinator, being an assistant, um, a lot less stress. I take care of the field, and I love doing that, and I get to coach defense, and uh, I'm, I'm loving it. So, How do you feel after a shutout win like that? I was excited for our kids. It was a crazy atmosphere. Um, I've played two games at Gallatin, or coached two games at Gallatin, and can't say enough about the fans and the atmosphere. And um, I'm sure our kids were excited. It was just – it was a fun night, but it was because our kids played well and uh, the student section, everybody that came out to support us, so it was just fun. Yeah, I mean, and this is kind of the same question. of Your 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 defense, in the upper, you know, in the idea of the entire game, it was perfection. I mean, they didn't score. That's kind of what you look for. How do you take that, that broad spectrum of perfection and, and break that down into to the, to the minute details that need to still be fixed? Yeah, we watch film like everybody else. Um, we weren't perfect. We made a lot of mistakes, but we played hard, so – um, I think through our however many scrimmages in two games, I don't know if we've had a single snap where our kids didn't play hard. Um, and that fixes a lot of mistakes. So we still got a lot to learn and correct. Um, but I can't say enough about the way they've played and the way they practice. And I really think that's where we've had an advantage um, is the way they've practiced every day um, since we've been there. I can't say enough about that and how much fun they are to be around. Yeah. And the the scoring, to obviously 7-11 to and shut out last week. But you go back to the week before that, Oakland, their varsity – uh, you give up two scores there, really one to the varsity uh, guys. But then you go back to the scrimmages against CPA and uh, Shelbyville, and I'm going to miss somebody here, Rockvale. And you were dominant defensively in, in those as well. This is not something that just started uh, with Lebanon and you give up the seven and then the shutout last week. This has been going on throughout all of that preseason that you yeah. mentioned. I feel like our kids are playing with a lot of confidence and having fun. Um, like I said, I can't say enough good things about them. Um, I feel like we got really smart kids that are good at football, and that you know obviously helps us a lot and makes us look good. But uh, without them, obviously, we're not doing too well. So just proud of them. And like you said, I think we've played well in every scrimmage. Uh, you know, Oakland, I'm not going to lie, drove it right down the field on us and uh, pretty good football team. But I thought we competed with them and played hard. and So I've been proud of their effort. 
Hillsboro this week. Obviously, when you look at their offensive line, I mentioned it a moment ago, they, they look like a, a college football team when you talk about 6'5", 320 at a tackle and 6'3", 280 at a guard. These are some big kids, but they're not necessarily, and you and I were talking about this earlier, they're not necessarily the most mobile guys as far as speed. Take us through kind of how, how you uh, want to approach this game this week versus the size that you're going to see that's bigger than Lebanon and Station Camp who had some good-sized kids themselves. Yep. Uh, Hillsborough's really good on offense. They uh, just speaking about him in general. Got a quarterback that's got a great arm. He's a big kid too. Um, really good receivers that run well. Uh, one of the better backs in the state, Brian Covington, number three. Um, and like you said, their line is huge. And if they get on us, you know they're going to do a good job. And we got to do a good job of doing our job um, and execute whatever call we got called. Should be fun. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's just it's great to come off the week that you're already at. But I guess it's the old 24-hour rule. Just gotta, you just gotta forget it. Yeah, and Coach Watts brought it up. This week is um, a bigger week in terms of the importance for the season because it's a region game. So, right, I feel like our kids will be ready and excited, and I know they're going to be really excited. I think they've already found out through Twitter that the game's at home now, and uh, should be a good atmosphere. By the way, not to put any added pressure on you guys, but uh, the last two games, Gallatin has won both those ball games, so it's a two-game win streak versus Hillsboro. Uh, I got a feeling Coach Fitzgerald will use that as, as a motivating yep. factor because both of those two losses the last two years were the only losses in the region for Hillsboro. They managed to beat Beach. Beach beat Gallatin. We had three-way ties, and then you go through the conglomerate of, of things to break the tie. So let's get the win here tonight. Hopefully Beach can take care of their business against them, and then you guys can settle it with Beach at the end of the season yeah. in, in the region. We, we'll hope that plays yep. out that way. Yep, sounds good. Coach, thanks Thank for being you. with Appreciate us tonight. It. Glad to have you. Guys, that'll do it for us. Remind everybody, of course, that uh, – we will have all of the Sumner County games, with the exception of Portland. You can hear Hendersonville, mm-hmm. Beach, Station Camp, White House, Westmoreland. Did I miss anybody? And Gallatin. JP2. JP2. About and- to forget. Those will all be streaming internet. Of course, Gallatin, you can get on the stream uh, off the WHIN radio page. All the others are on the WHIN radio page as well. Click on the football link go to the school that you want to listen to click on that link and you'll be able to hear that particular game and of course we'll have the gallatin game now live six o'clock with the pregame show seven o'clock with the kickoff that makes me happy i didn't want to go at five and six but we get to go at six and seven now zach yeah and hendersonville of course starting at six forty is when we will go on air as they're getting set with that rivalry game for station camp but also you gotta we gotta give a shout out to our sponsor for the Absolutely. show here the sumner county football coaches show podcast demas's restaurant thank you so much demas for everything remember it is they've changed just their logo as a whole and they've made it they've made it all fresher everything fresh menu brand new menu different items i mean they brought some old things back as well that hadn't been on the menu for a while so definitely want to come down here to demas's in hendersonville and uh get you a great meal i'm hungry let's see i know exactly that'll do it for us yes thanks for listening stay tuned friday night again enjoy your football weekend stay safe we'll see you again next wednesday night